To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame, but they will be put to shame who are treacherous without excuse. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. He will spend his days in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have multiplied. Free me from anguish. Look upon my affliction and my distress, and take away all my sins. See how my enemies have increased and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope is in you. Redeem Israel, O God, from all their troubles. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this day and this time to worship you. Open our hearts and our minds that you may speak into our life today. Amen. So we're going to play a game of trivia. It's a very short game because there's only one question. But uh, if you can name the movie, that, uh, the quote from the movie that comes from when they say, if you build it, he will come. Go ahead and if you know it, you can say it out loud. Field of Dreams. You are right. This quote comes from the movie Field of Dreams that debuted 30 years ago. It was a story about baseball and hope. A farmer in Iowa, Ray Kinsella, hears a voice that tells him, if you build it, he will come. Ray spends a lot of time trying to figure out what this voice means. Ray ultimately decides that it means to build a baseball field on his farm. His wife, Annie, is skeptical, but supports him in this venture. In the meantime, they are losing money on the farm because Ray is spending all of his time building the baseball field. However, something magical happens when Ray builds the field. Ray tracks down a couple of other people in the movie. At one point, Annie's brother urges Ray to give up on the dream because he can't see the players because they are ghosts but Ray decides to continue with the dream. Spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, the players disappear 
as they head into the corn stalks in the outfield. Before Shoeless Joe vanishes, he repeats the saying, if you build it, he will come, as he nods his head toward home plate. There is a player in the catcher's uh, equipment. When the player takes off his mask, it is Ray's deceased father, John, when he is young. Ray and John had an estranged relationship, but this is a place where redemption happens. They introduce themselves and play a game of catch together. People do end up flocking to this field to see the magic where memories continue to take place. This is a movie where dreams come true. The voice that Ray heard is an invitation to trust and have faith in what he heard. This movie has provided much joy for baseball fans across the country, even to today. Today's sermon is about living in hope as well. Defining hope theologically is a bit different than Webster's Dictionary. Have you ever noticed there is a difference between hope and optimism? Optimism is the belief that things will get better. It suggests that if we are just positive enough, things will turn around. Hope is different from optimism. According to theologian Henri Nouwen, we are not talking about a sunny disposition that makes us believe things will be better tomorrow. The war will be over, your wounds will be healed, the depression will go away, all will be better soon. The optimist may be right, but unfortunately he or she may be wrong. For none of us can control our circumstances. Hope doesn't depend on the particular ups and downs of life. Hope rather has to do with God. In Psalm today, David proclaims his trust in God and his hope is in God all day long. This hope is based on the covenant relationship between God and his people. In verse 4, it says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Signs of the covenant go back to the time of Noah when God promised every living creature and all generations to come that he would never destroy the earth with a flood again. Whenever the rainbow is over the earth, God said he would remember his covenant. God made a more particular covenant with Abraham. He called Abraham to leave his country and go to a land that God would show him. God promised to make Abraham into a great nation and bless him. God was going to make Abraham's name great and bless all the peoples through the earth through Abraham. These covenants are about God's relationship with his people. It isn't like a human contract that is conditional. For instance, if God does this, then I'll do that. In fact, God's love doesn't depend on Abraham's actions. Later in the Abraham story, Abraham went down to Egypt because there was a famine in the land. Upon entering Egypt, Abraham lies to the Egyptians, saying his wife is his sister because she is so beautiful, he is afraid 
that they will kill him. In spite of God's, in spite of Abraham's unfaithfulness, God continues to be faithful to Abraham by promising him a son despite his advanced age. David speaks of God's covenant and requests to learn God's path and truth. David's hope is in God and his faithfulness. God's love toward us beckons us to respond in gratitude for his love, providential care, and saving grace. Verse 10 says, all the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of the covenant. Though we may be unfaithful and turn from God's ways, we are called to be a part of this covenant and honor God. David acknowledges that his sin is great. It seems that our relationship with God is like a river that flows between one river bank and the other. Our relationship seems to be a process of turning away from God and then turning back toward him to follow his ways. One of the ways we remember God's covenant is through the act of celebrating the Lord's Supper. As at the Lord's table, we remember God's faithfulness to us through Christ's offering of himself and through his death. In response to God's love, we are called to a life of gratitude for God's providential care and saving grace. This past year and a half or two have really challenged the world in many ways we hadn't thought possible. Hopeful expectations and plans have sometimes been put on hold. This past week while watching the news, hope seemed to be elusive, at times to say the least. Sometimes I really have a hard time seeing God in the here and now. Yet as the psalmist writes, my hope is in God all day long. When we think about hope as having to do with God rather than a sunny disposition, it redefines our concept of hope. Hope is not found in the circumstances that may go our way, but in the presence of God with us in all circumstances. God is the solid foundation for us. He was with the people of Israel from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and to the psalmist. But God's story doesn't stop there. It continues on in the early church and in the person of Jesus Christ and in his resurrection. The story continues on with you and me. Part of our hope is that we will eternally be united with God, even as we pass from this earth. So what does the movie Field of Dreams have to do with our hope in the sermon today? I think it reminds us that Ray learned to trust in a bigger voice other than his own. It was also redemptive in that players who had been banned from baseball got to play again. And it was reuniting with his, with his uh, father and very restorative. But the greatest hope is the reality of God. And in him, our hope is found. Hope that is not tied to life's circumstances, but based on God's faithfulness and love toward us through his covenant relationship with us. As the book of Hebrews says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we professed, for he who promised is faithful.
Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your enduring love and for the hope that we have in you. Help us to take that this day into our week. Amen.